It is really our joy and privilege to be with you. We are having so much fun um, just being with you guys. Had a great day yesterday doing a prophetic day with some of you guys. And it's, um, I don't know who's being more blessed really, whether it's you or us, because I know we are having our socks blown off by blessing. So thank you for having us because we're having a whole load of fun. Um, Yesterday, um, a group of us were in the city centre and um, we walked past this wild Highlanders and they're playing on the drums and the bagpipes. You know what I mean, right? I'm, you know, I don't know what the groups are called, but you guys do. And they sound amazing. And we just stood and watched for a little while. And I, I just felt something of the kingdom in it all. It's the call to arms. It is a sound of a kingdom. It is the pride of a kingdom. And you hear that sound and the haunting melody and the rhythm on the drums. And it sounds like a kingdom. And I just felt so stirred in my spirit. God had already been speaking to me to what to speak of today. And and really, I want to speak about a sound of a kingdom. And it was just one of those moments where I felt like it was a Holy Spirit set up. And so as I talk, I want you to to picture those drummers and those pipers and to connect in with the sound of a kingdom. Because I think God wants to speak to us today. And and just to encourage you, I've I've been praying and I've been asking God to release the sound of his kingdom in this place as I talk. So so feel free to get joyful in God. Feel free to plug into him. I will not be offended if if God zaps you while I'm speaking. You go ahead and meet with him. That's totally fine by me. I think sometimes we can isolate the message of Jesus uh, to a wonderful God in heaven who loves us and who wants to have us in relationship with him and has made a way to have that possible. And, And that is, in one sense, true, of course. But I think the truth of the gospel is bigger than that because the truth of the gospel is about a God who is king, and has a kingdom, and who makes a way for his enemies to come into that kingdom, not as slaves or as servants, but scandalously as royalty. And so the truth of the gospel is that the king is in his kingdom. And if you're someone who's in relationship with Jesus, then you are an heir to that kingdom. And everywhere you go, you get to represent that kingdom. Everywhere you go, you get to release the sound of that kingdom. And the gospel is no less than that. The book of Matthew is a book all about the kingdom. Right at the beginning of the book, we get an introduction to a king who is of royal lineage. And Matthew is painstaking in pointing that out. Throughout the book, we see a king who is proclaiming and demonstrating his kingdom. Towards the end of the book, we see the most victorious moment and battle of that kingdom where a king who rightfully owns all things proves his ownership as he dies on a cross And then wonderfully gets raised back to life. So in an empty cross and an empty tomb, 
we have the most victorious point of our kingdom. And the book ends with a king who commissions his heirs to go and release that kingdom wherever they go. It's a book of the kingdom. In Matthew chapter 4, it's the first time where we see Jesus saying, repent for the kingdom is at hand. And there's this sense of what is this kingdom like? What's it about? What's the culture of this kingdom that you hear the sound of and you're proclaiming to us? And so we get to Matthew chapter 5, and there's this amazing moment where Matthew tells us that Jesus goes up on a mountainside. And if you know anything about Israel's history, you'll know mountains are important places. And when prophets, teachers, great people of God stand on a mountainside and open their mouths to speak, something of God is about to be released. And so Jesus stands on a mountainside and he makes his sounds of his kingdom. And the people stand in awe and confusion and astonishment and offense for this is what he says. This is the sound he releases. I'm reading from verse 3 of chapter 5 in Matthew. This is what he says. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the poor in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And he goes on, making the sounds of his kingdom. And in that moment... The world is turned upside down as that kingdom's sounds are heard, for they make no sense at all to the people who hear them. See, we misunderstand what happens if we skim past this reading as something nice and sweet and gentle, a little poem, if you like, that Jesus said that day. He's not saying poetry. He's throwing out spiritual torpedoes that are going off with such effect. And people stand astonished for the crowd that he's speaking to is a Jewish crowd. They're familiar with kingdom language. They're familiar with a king and his kingdom because they're waiting for that. They know the Old Testament promises. They're waiting for a king to come and start a political revolution that will put Israel back on top of the political food chain. That's what they're waiting for. That's what they're expecting. That's the sort of kingdom that they're anticipating. And here comes this man. And he stands and he makes the sounds of his kingdom. And they make no sense at all for they're back to front. And they're upside down. 
He's a king of an upside-down kingdom. In reality, it makes no more sense to our 21st century minds than it did to the Jewish listeners. Poverty, hunger, persecution, mercy, maybe, peacemakers, those who are hated and insulted. Since when does blessing come of that? Since when is a kingdom formed of that? Since when are those values that we go after in our world? It makes no sense. It's an upside-down kingdom. See, Jesus is proclaiming the inauguration of a kingdom that sees strength in weakness. An inauguration of a kingdom that says, the last will be first and the least shall be greatest. A kingdom where it says that leadership is not about hoarding power over those that you lead, but is about being a servant and washing their feet. Jesus' kingdom is upside down. It makes no sense. And we've missed something if we've thought that it makes perfect sense to a world and its listeners. It doesn't. It was never meant to. It's an upside-down kingdom. In a world that looks up to independence, self-sufficiency, power, strength, poverty of spirit doesn't seem to make much sense. I wonder if us as people of an upside-down kingdom if sometimes we make too much sense to the world around us. I wonder if in representing the sounds of this kingdom, this kingdom that lives in us and plays from us, I wonder if somehow our lives and our homes and our churches and the way we make our decisions have somehow become all too full of common sense. I think of the bishop who said this, everywhere St. Paul went, there was a riot. Everywhere I go, they serve me tea. (laughs) I wonder if we make too much sense. See, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about being relevant because I think we need to be relevant, because I think Jesus was incredibly relevant. But I think sometimes we can get confused where we equate relevance to making sense, where we equate relevance to looking like the world around us, to sounding like the world around us, but we can't. Because the very substance of our beings, if we're Christians, has been changed, and we now play according to a different sound. We belong to an upside-down kingdom, and we can be relevant and yet make no sense at all. And I'd like to suggest that's what we're meant to be like. The more I study the life of Jesus, the more I see the way he walked and he talked, the things that he did, the way that he provoked his listeners, the offense that he caused, the more I realize that he was perfectly comfortable with making no sense at all to his listeners. 
And so I start getting the feeling that if the world looks at me and gets me, if the world looks at my life and the decisions that I've made and the values I've built everything on and understands, then we've got a problem and I've missed something. And the same is true of our churches. See, there's lots of examples where we can see in Jesus' life that he was playing to a whole different sound. And people could not understand it. He's in a boat with his disciples. There's a storm raging all around them. His disciples are freaking out. They're going to die. This is the end. Oh my gosh, this is not how we anticipated things to end. And Jesus is fast asleep. See, in the sound of his kingdom, there is no storm. And so peace reigns supreme for him. He's living according to a different sound. See, we as people of that kingdom, when the storms of life are raging all around us, where our finances are sinking and the world is telling us it's all gone wrong and where is your God now? We can sleep soundly for we live life according to a different sound. And in that kingdom, peace reigns supreme. See, there's this other moment where Jesus is on the Sabbath, goes into the temple and sees a man with a withered hand. And compassion flows from him. And he heals this man and changes his life. And the religious rulers of the day, their hearts are so hard. They'd rather leave the man broken than break their rules. The story tells us Jesus' heart is grieved at their hardness of heart. And they're offended at him. But see, he's not swayed by them, for he lives according to a different sound. And the sound of his kingdom is full of compassion. In his kingdom, the sound that is played has no hardness of heart, but is moved when brokenness is seen. And cannot help but bring wholeness. He's playing to a different sound. And as people of this kingdom, we get to stand before the broken. And be moved by a sound that flows with compassion. And be moved by a sound that is full of power. And see the broken restored. And never once be swayed. By the rules that govern our day, for we play to a different sound. I'm talking about us being a people that live according to a completely different value system. About us being a people who make the decisions of our everyday lives according to a completely different value system. I'm talking about being a people of outrageous love. Love that crosses boundaries. Love that makes people feel uncomfortable and awkward because they've never been loved in that way before. And they don't understand the sound that they hear flow from us. 
I think of someone like Heidi Baker. She's a great example, though not by any means the only example. But she's a woman who has let the love sounds of a kingdom flow through her body and from her body so that everyone who encounters her hears the sounds of a kingdom in the very nature of love from her. To the point that when she's beaten and hated and insulted and persecuted, forgiveness flows from her. And those who persecute question what's happening because they don't understand the forgiveness that they see from the people that they beat. See, there's a different sound that she hears, a sound that overwhelms, a sound that is much louder than the world around us. And she lives according to that sound. I think of being people who are not only radical in love, but radical in faith. Being a people who make decisions not based on our bank accounts, not based on the things that the people say around us should be the things we make decisions on. But we hear the sound of a kingdom. And we're able to have faith for that sound overwhelms the noise around us. This is something that I'm trying to learn to walk in. I wouldn't claim to get it right all the time by any means. And my husband's here, so you can ask him. He'll tell you for sure that I don't get it right all the time. But I'm trying to listen to a different sound. See, the fact that I'm standing here really is testimony to the fact that there is a beautiful sound that is winning my heart. And I can't help but stand and proclaim the goodness of the one who has won me. I don't know many of you, and you won't know my background, but um, my training is in medicine. For about six years, I worked as an A&E doctor, um, and it just kind of specialized in emergency medicine. Um, And to the world, that makes perfect sense. The thing is, I play to the sound of a different kingdom. And there's a decision of faith that comes when you're listening to a sound of a different kingdom that tells you to do something that the world would say is a waste. The world would say makes no sense. And that's when faith kicks in, for we hear a sound of a different kingdom. And we're able to line up with that, with that, despite what the world may say or think. And so I now don't work as a doctor. And you may think that's crazy. That's okay. I've heard a different sound and I'm happy to go with it. And instead I do this. I get the privilege of speaking of the one who I love. A few years ago, I felt God speaking to me to um, move out of the beautiful townhouse that I was living in Greenwich, which was lovely. 
because I felt stirred about the poor and the broken on the council estates, people who are born and live and die on estates and have no hope of getting out and doing anything with their lives. That is their world. And so I felt God speaking to me about leaving my house and going and living on that council estate despite some of the violence and the drug culture and the gang stuff that was going on. And so me and a couple of girls from church thought that this was an excellent idea for we heard a different sound. I cannot tell you how much fun I had going to estate agents. (laughs) Sitting opposite them with a big smile on my face. Asking them that I was looking for a three-bedroom place. Brilliant, yeah, we've got what you need, I think. No, no, and one of the specifications is that it must be on a council estate. I'm sorry, I thought you said it must be on a council estate. You, you mean you don't want it to be on a council estate? No, no, it must be on a council estate. See, that kind of faith makes no sense at all. That's when the world starts laughing. That's when the world says you're a bit crazy. Especially when you mention the name of Jesus, then that takes it to a whole other level. <laughs> That's fine. See, the sound of the kingdom that we belong to is getting louder and louder and louder and louder. It's an undeniable sound. And one day, that sound will overwhelm all other sounds. And one day, that will be the only sound. It's our privilege that we get to live in that now. It's our privilege that we get to align ourselves with that sound now. We get a head start into it, all the fun that we can have. It's a beautiful sound. Are you hearing that sound? Is that sound overflowing from you in the peace that you have in troubling times and the love that you bring to the broken and to the enemies? in the faith with which you make decisions, regardless of the bank account, regardless of what may seem safe, regardless of what may make sense to the world around you. The kingdom we belong to makes no sense. Its ethics are the beatitudes. Make no sense. Its methods are strange. Just ask the guys who went to the battle in Jericho. The way to win this battle is to walk around the city several times, sing, play, in the end, shout, that's the way to win a battle. No, no, no swords for the moment, just walk. Its methods are weird. Its people are unconventional. Look at the people who followed Jesus. You've got prostitutes. You've got tax collectors. You've got drunks. You've got the broken. You've got the ostracized. You've got the people who do not fit in, and they follow him, and they love him. And one of his most famous supporters is a woman who was a prostitute and was demonized. The people of this kingdom are unconventional. It's not meant to make sense to the world around us, but it is meant to bring sense to the world around us.
here's the thing about Jesus. People weren't drawn to him because they could make sense of him. People were drawn to him because he answered the hunger in their hearts that they couldn't make sense of themselves. This niggling thing that they couldn't get rid of. This hurt and brokenness and unrest. They didn't know what it was crying out for until they met Jesus. And this man who made no sense at all answered what was within that made no sense at all. And all of a sudden, everything was turned upside down. And funnily enough, maybe for the first time ever, the right way round. People didn't love Jesus because he made sense. (laughs) They loved him because he made sense of their lives. And that's what we're called to. (laughs) Hope Church. Let me encourage you as individuals, as a community, as a people, hear the sound of heaven. And live your lives according to that sound. May make that sound become louder and louder and louder to you. Meditate on it. When you hear a glimpse of it, go after it. Make that sound the all-pervading sound in your life. And allow it to flow from you. So that where you go and who you meet will hear the echoes of that haunting melody even from you. It's an upside-down kingdom. It's an offensive kingdom. See, spiritual torpedoes are a bit offensive. There's this great verses in 1 Corinthians where it talks about in 1 Corinthians 1.18, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent. I will frustrate. It's a, it's a foolish kingdom. It's offensive. It's frustrating. It's an offense to the religious spirit. See, Jesus is standing with Jews and the religious people of his day, and he throws out these beatitudes that I read earlier. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he keeps speaking, and he's offending them. For religion says that the kingdom belongs to the law keepers. Religion says that the kingdom belongs to those who are good. Religion says the kingdom belongs to those who can follow all the rules. Religion says the kingdom belongs to those who can color within the lines. And Jesus comes. And he says the kingdom belongs to the spiritually bankrupt. The kingdom belongs to those who put their hands up and say, I have nothing to bring. The kingdom belongs to those who understand that their weakness is acceptable to God, for he's strong enough. 
Jesus is an offense to the religious spirit. And so the sound of the kingdom that flow from you is offensive to the religious spirit. And if you're thinking, I don't want to be offensive, I didn't sign up for this, then by very nature of who God has made you, the religious spirit will be offended if you're living according to the sound of the kingdom. For religion has no place in the kingdom of God. And you may be someone who's come here today and you're thinking, hang on a second, I'm confused. I thought I came to church. I was looking for religion. I thought I needed a bit of religion in my life. See, religion will lead to death. It has nothing to offer. For we cannot be good enough. We cannot follow rules enough. We cannot attain perfection, and that's the wonder of the kingdom Jesus comes from. For he's not looking for your goodness. He's just looking for your hunger, because he's more than capable to fill it. He's playing to a different sound, a sound of a kingdom with a haunting melody. And it offends the religious, the self-satisfied, the smug. It's offensive. He doesn't mind. See? He doesn't mind being offensive to the religious spirit. He's not swayed by the religious spirit. He will not stop healing the broken. He will not stop loving the prostitute. He will not stop setting the demonized free, no matter how many religious Pharisees stand and tell him that he can't do it on the Sabbath. He's not swayed by the religious spirit, and nor should we be. The sound of our kingdom is a freedom sound. A sound where you get to color wherever you like. It's an offense to the religious spirit. It's an offense to the wisdom of the age. See, the guys who listened to Jesus, they wanted a king. We're told elsewhere in the Gospels that they were going to take Jesus by force and make him a local king because they wanted someone who would defeat the Romans. And this guy, he was charismatic enough but didn't seem to, to have the oomph, so they were going to just do it by force. The wisdom of the age listened to his words, poverty, persecution, good grief, that's all wrong. They were offended by his words because they wanted a powerful king His kingdom manifesto was offensive to their ears. It still is. Listen to this. I found this fascinating. Looked it up online. This speech was given a few years ago at the Royal School of Medicine. The spirit of self-sacrifice which permeates Christianity and is so highly prized in the Christian religious life is masochism moderately indulged. A much stronger expression of it is to be found in Christ's teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. This blesses the poor, the meek, the persecuted, exhorts us not to resist evil, but to offer the second cheek to the smiter and to do good to them that hate you and forgive men their trespasses. All this breathes masochism. That's the wisdom of our age. 
and it is offended by Jesus. See, we must not be swayed by the religious spirit and we must not be swayed by the wisdom of the age. We must live according to a different sound, a more beautiful sound, a sound that brings freedom and life wherever it goes, a sound that makes no sense to the world around us but will one day turn all things right. We get the privilege of playing to that sound. See, Jesus heard the sound from Jesus. People heard the sound from Jesus. And they got caught up in it. (laughs) There's this amazing story in John 12 of a woman called Mary who gate crushes a party of men where Jesus hasn't been treated with the honor that he deserved and breaks a jar and lowers her hair and anoints him with this beautiful, fragrant, rich perfume. And the religious people think she does not belong here. She's broken the rules. And the wisdom of the age sneers and says, what a waste. A whole year's wages that should have been given to the poor is the wisdom of the age. She cannot help herself. She's heard a different sound. She's been overcome by a different sound. She's seen this man who brought a different sound and nothing in her life has been the same since. And she cannot help herself. She must also live her life according to that sound. No matter what the religious people will say, no matter how they will sneer, no matter how they will judge, no matter what the wisdom of the age will judge her for in the waste that she brings, she cannot help herself. There is a different, beautiful sound that has won her so completely. And she will not be deterred. And she will not be stopped. The sound is too strong. Have you been overwhelmed by that sound? Have you heard the sound of a kingdom that breathes life and hope and joy and freedom? from the very throne of God. Have you heard that sound? Have you been overwhelmed by it so that your worship will not be swayed and deterred and discouraged by those who are religious and think you're a bit too wild? (laughs) So that your worship will not be deterred by those who are wise and stand still Have you been overwhelmed by that sound? It is an offense to the religious spirit. And it is an offense to the wisdom of the age. But it's a beautiful sound. 
we've talked about an upside down kingdom, an offensive kingdom. See, the beauty of the kingdom is that it's a transforming kingdom. <laughs> Jesus doesn't hold out his words as some carrot that we'll never be able to reach or attain to. He's not a teacher. And if we see him as that, we will lose the point because he doesn't come as a teacher. He comes as a savior who is able to set us free so that the ideals that he puts before us are attainable because his own spirit lives within us and makes the sounds of the kingdom so that we ourselves are transformed into what Jesus preached. And so we can bring transformation wherever we go. That's why these guys get to stand up here and say, we went to the streets and saw things changed because there's a sound of a kingdom stirring in their hearts, beating in their heads. They cannot ignore it. And it's not just contained within themselves. It's a sound of a kingdom that has so transformed them that overflows from them to bring transformation wherever they go. It's an upside down kingdom. It's an offensive kingdom, but it is a transforming kingdom too. Have you been transformed by this kingdom? See, the Bible promises us that the very spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the spirit now who comes to make his home in those who believe in Christ so that those who are joined to Christ get now to live by the power of the spirit within them. Everything is changed by him. Without the cross, without the resurrection and an empty tomb, Jesus' words would be meaningless, powerless. But as it is, it is at the foot of a cross where a great exchange happens. And the poor, <laughs> the poor inherit a kingdom. It's a good exchange. The very spirit of Jesus lives in us to transform not only us, but those we come in contact with. I read this brilliant quote by Bill Johnson, and I'm coming in for a landing. The nature of our call is that it requires more than we are capable of. When we stick to doing only the stuff we can do, we're not involved in the call. We're not living according to the sound of our kingdom. Jesus lived in constant confrontation and conflict with the world around him because kingdom logic goes against carnal logic. This is a good time to ask yourself, are you living in conflict with this world? A renewed mind sees the way God sees. A renewed mind destroys the works of the devil so that earthly reality matches heavenly reality. It heals the sick, frees those enslaved to sin, brings joy where there was sadness, strength where there was weakness. That's normal Christian living. I like that. He's heard a sound, a different sound. 
and his life has been turned upside down. Or maybe in the end, we'll find that all along we were like travelers who were holding a map upside down all along. And in one moment, the king came and turned it the right way round. And all of a sudden, we could see clearly. For see, all things will be made new. And the king and his kingdom will reign eternal. And we get to reign with him. It's an upside down kingdom, an offensive kingdom, a transforming kingdom. It is a different sound and the world desperately needs to hear it.